Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Jim Cobray. Safe directions for troubled times. Aren't we living in troubled times? It's just incredible. Uh, all kinds of things. So we're really going to talk about hearing the voice of the Lord, not just reading the Word of God. Now watch this. And not just talking to God called prayer. We love prayer around this place. We have a lot of people praying all the time. We're talking about living a life that hears the voice of God for the decisions you need to make to get the right directions. And for years I've been saying this, it's very important. I think people really get this in their mind and get this in their thinking. Here's what I've been saying. If you get the wrong directions, you're going to end up in the wrong place. And sometimes you get stifled in life, and sometimes life isn't what it ought to be. You're in a, 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 a no-want-to-be uh, zone where you're not going to want to be there, and you're going to be frustrated. You're going to even say to God at times, God, why did you lead me here when God didn't? He was really speaking to you, and he wanted you to go in a different direction. You know, we can take these principles and apply them to every area of our life because it's so important for us to see that God wants to speak to us as he did all of the people that are in scripture. You will find that every great man, listen to what I'm gonna say to you, every great woman of God that ever did anything for God heard the voice of the Lord. They didn't just have the Bible in front of them. I love the Bible because you know what it does? It helps me to stay focused on what's right and what's wrong. So if I hear something from God, I just know maybe, well, I know the word of God enough to know that's not the character of God or that's not the nature of God or not that that's not the attributes of God. So I don't go there and I can check myself out to make sure that what I heard from God is part of the heartbeat of God by looking at the word of the Lord. We're one of the few generations that there's been since the beginning of time that has the written word of God. But don't stop there. God wants to speak to you all through the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. What would life be like if we really seriously got directions for everything we did in our life. Buying a car, raising those children, having a great marriage. Can you imagine if, when you don't know what to do and you don't know how to do something, instead of just doing something and hoping that God is in it, let me say it again. Sometimes what we do is we do something because we don't know what it is and we hope God's going to get involved in it. And oftentimes God isn't going to get involved in what you want, but God wants to get involved in what he's saying to you. And sometimes we need to realize that God wants to simply speak to us about directions, where to go with our life and how to do life. Can you imagine what it would be like? Businessmen that are out there watching right now, whether you're an employer or an employee, whether you own the company or work for a company, uh, what if you got directions every single day on how to do your job better and how to be better at what you do. My goodness sakes alive, would you prosper? Oh my goodness, you would prosper so much. Well, we have literally built this entire ministry on hearing the voice of the Lord. We're gonna to explain to you how that works. We're gonna to explain to you how it, uh, we deal with it. We're gonna explain how we know when something's not God that is speaking to us, because there's so many crazy voices out there nowadays. Stop thinking about this just for a moment. Isn't it wild? Uh, words that we've never really thought about at all are speaking at us constantly, like social distancing and, 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 and viruses and, uh, 
the word corona, meaning crowned, and all these things are going at us right now that we've never ever heard of in our lives, and yet they speak so loud. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in a place of listening to other people more than we listen to the things of God, and we find ourselves in a dilemma of fear, operating by fear, which is contrary to the way of God. Every time God shows up on the scene, what does he say almost all the time? He says, fear not. And he, because he's, he's not a fearful God, he's a God that's loving, he's a God that's caring, he's a God that wants to direct you. Well, my goodness, getting directions from God should be the primary importance of every Christian's life. Because that's what we lost in the garden. In the garden, we lost the primary direction of God. And we now have obtained getting directions from our own feelings, our own ideologies, our own philosophies, and our own ways of doing it. You know, what our parents taught us, or school teachers, or what a society, or social system teaches us. And that becomes the voice that we listen to instead of the voice of God. You'll find in the Old Testament, prophets would speak, and they never had the Word of God. They, they were walking, talking the Word of God to the people as they came to town. And here is not any different. There's a lot of voices out there. We need to know that. Every single person, including Jesus in the Bible, had to hear from the voice of the Lord in the circumstances that he was in. Jesus makes a statement. He says, the words that I speak are not my words, but he that sent me. Man, he is in such fine communication with God that the Father spoke and Jesus carried it out and even repeated it to his disciples. It's so important for us to understand that God today wants to speak to you, but how do you discern? Now, this is very important. Here's a question. How do you discern the difference between what's God today, what isn't God today, what's my flesh, what's my thoughts, what's my emotion, what's my feelings, what, what is this all about? Uh, how do I know that it's God today? Listen to this. Today, you're going to find out how to operate. And I'm telling you, it has been a phenomenal lifestyle of just simply hearing from God and then following God. You can't really follow God with as well as you need to until you hear from God. So I find that hearing from God is literally more important than just uh, you know, knowing who God is, like most people stop there. They want to know who God is, but they don't want to really hear from God. They hope God gets involved in their lifestyle instead of them getting involved in God's life. So it's very, very important for us. I want to take you and show you something if I can. I want to take you back into Genesis in the 12th chapter. And in Genesis, the 12th chapter, we're going to look at a guy, if you will, by the name of Abram. Abram was really cool. You know him better as Abraham. Now, he wasn't the first Jew. I've heard many people say he's the first Jew. It's not true because Judah wasn't even around at those times. He was the first Hebrew. He was the first Hebrew. Abraham, and Abram was his name before it was changed to Abraham, is in the 12th chapter, and he has a wife by the name of Sarai. So I want to read to you these verses, and I want to show you something very important because he's the beginning of everything for all of us. So let's take a look at it. I mean, we can look at David's life. We can look at Joseph's life. We can look at Daniel's life. We can certainly look at the prophets' lives, every single one of them that are written in Scripture. Well, one thing you're going to find, every single one of them, God spoke to them. That's what you're going to find. And if God could speak to them in those days, 
is it not true that God could do great mighty things by speaking to us today if we've only got the right ears to listen and the right heart to receive? I think you're going to like this today. Genesis, if you will, if you've got your Bible or whatever a means of communication that you have there, maybe your uh, iPhone or iPad or whatever, go with me to Genesis 12th chapter. And let's take a look, if you will, in verse number one in Genesis, the 12th chapter. It says this about Abram, God speaking to him. Now, let me give you a little background real quick about Abram. Remember Abraham. It's so fascinating. This is a guy out in the middle of the wilderness. He knows the city of Ur, and he's a moon worshiper. He doesn't even know God yet, right? He doesn't even know God. And he is a moon worshiper. And, and that's, that blows me away. But he had a heart for the things of God. One thing he did is he heard the voice of God and knew it was God, the second thing. And the third thing is acted on it. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? You know, and people that hear the word of God, it must do the word of God. So it's very important that we hear and then do what the word of God has to say. And you find that Abram was not any different, really had a great heart to receive God. Verse number one says it like this. Now the Lord had said to Abram, now the Lord, and I, I, I want to underline that word, had said. God was speaking to him. And he says these words to Abram. Get out of your country for your, uh, from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And in you will all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Abram, now this is verse number four, and this is really powerful to get this. I want you to hear this just for a second. Watch, we're talking about getting directions from God and how to get directions from God. Uh, very, very important. And then acting on the direction. I have to get the directions, and then I have to act on the directions. So watch verse four. It says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. In other words, I mean, how amazing is this man Abram, Abraham as you know him? How amazing. I mean, I have to tell you something. This guy was wealthy. His family was wealthy. They were powerful. They owned a lot of herds. They owned a lot of camels. They had a lot of servants in the land of Ur. They had authority. They had prestige. They had power. And here comes a voice that speaks to him and says, get up and leave it all. I, I, I don't know. Can I just be really honest? And you too need to be honest with yourself. If God spoke that to me and I didn't know who this God was, I've been worshiping some moon God. And all of a sudden, you know, I would say, wait, wait a minute. This has got to be uh, something weird going on here. You want me to leave my inheritance? You want me to leave the comfort of my house? You want me to leave my, I, I love my bed. I, you, I, you want me to leave my bed? What about my money? And you want me to leave my family? You want me to get up and go somewhere? You're not even telling me really where I'm going. I don't really don't even know where I'm, where I'm going. This is like, this is like insane. And yet this guy heard it, and I love this, he acted on it, and he did it. So when you hear when God tells you to do something, you've got to act on it 
And you have to understand that. And it's so important for us. Debbie and I, all of our lives, you know, we've been preaching for 40 some odd years. I've preached 45 years and, and I've been a theologian for 40 years. And um, understand a little bit about scripture. The more I understand, the more I really don't know. In other words, God is so deep, we can never understand everything about God with a finite mind of a human. But I try to understand the best I can and try to follow the ways of the Lord. I remember years ago, and I'm talking 20 years ago or whatever, that we were meeting with a, a really famous man for breakfast, and we had a chance to talk to him. If I mentioned his name, most of you would know his name. He was really a famous minister all over the world and led literally tens of thousands of people to the Lord, miracles, signs, wonders, and everything. We were having breakfast with him, and he made a statement. Now, we, during the conversation of breakfast, I don't remember anything except these one words that he spoke. He actually spoke to my wife, Deborah. And it's kind of interesting because throughout our life uh, together and as pastors of a church, we actually call what he spoke to us, these three little formulas to hold on to, as when you get directions from God and you get the idea that you're going to go do something for God, make sure these three things take place. I seem to call them the Trinity formula for success. I love that. You know, the Trinity meaning is there's three little things to do. Trinity, that Trinity, not the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But you can relate that with that. And it's a Trinity formula for success. And here it is. And here's the success that this man spoke to us. He said, when you get directions or when you get insight on what to do, make sure that it's number one good for God. It's got to be good for God. God has to be in agreement about it, and, and God's got to be into it, because God's not into it. He's not going to get into something you're doing. He wants you to get into what he's doing. So you make sure God's number one. Number two, you make sure in your getting directions and finding out that it's good for others. It can't be just good for me, and good for God, but also hurt someone else along the road. You can't hurt other people to expect God to get involved in. So it's got to be good for others. And then thirdly, I love this. Thirdly, it's got to be good for you or for us in our particular case because it was Debbie and I. And we literally lived through that formula all of our life. So when we got directions, when we heard something from God, we applied that little Trinity formula for success, good for God. And it's got to be in this order, good for God, God's first, second is good for others, and third, then finally, I consider me. Most people consider themselves first uh, God somewhere along the line, and if the others get involved and they get blessed, fine. If not, who cares, you know? And that's so wrong. It's so contrary. It's got to be in that order. It's got to be in that sequence. And so important for us to see. I remember one time, and I'm just going to throw this out as a little story. Debbie and I were just starting this church, and uh, the formula was on the inside of us as the way we lived our lives. And we were going to buy a little two acre ranch to raise our kids on. We never had, in all the years we were married, we had only been a four or five years, but we had never really owned a house that we stayed in. We like, for the first three or five years, we lived in 12 different houses as the church changed and 
uh, was active. And so we were going to buy a little, little piece of property uh, here locally, and we were going to have little horses for the kids and little ponies, and we are going to raise our kids that way, the wood-burning stove. And we, we did just that. But I'll never forget the time that we went in and we bought this house. We found a house. It was a really neat house. It worked for us. It was kind of dilapidated and falling apart, but I knew I could fix it up. And uh, when we bought the house, it was fascinating because the lady wanted a certain price. And it didn't matter what she wanted, big or small. It didn't matter so much about the price for us. We didn't have any money anyway. But we knew we could probably get a loan and cover the price of the property. And so in doing so, we had agreed to the price and buy it. And then we went and we took it to God and said, God, we want to make sure because God's got to be first in this. And so we went to make sure, God, God, are you in this? This is what you want. And, and I know it was good for her because she got full price and good for us because we raised our kids there. And, but God, are you in it? And God spoke to us. And it was the funniest thing God spoke to us. He says, I don't want you to buy it at that price. I want you to give this widow woman more money. I'm talking thousands of dollars more. So the next day we met with her. And uh, she's kind of a ranch hand type of a lady, neat lady. And we met with her and we said, listen, we can't buy your house for that price. And she, of course, was expecting us to lower the price and, you know, negotiate the, the price with her. And she said, well, well, what are you talking about? What kind of price are you thinking? And I said, well, we're going to, you know, you want this price. And God spoke to us, told you to give you this price. And it was higher. And her face just dropped. Can you imagine somebody coming in? and asking you to do something higher than what you're asking for. Her face just dropped, I mean, just dropped like a rock. And she says, you're kidding. I, she says, why would you do that? I said, because God spoke to it. Because in everything we do, there's three parties. Everything we do, there's three parties involved. First God, then you, and then us. It's good for us, it's good for you at your price but it wasn't good for God. God cares about you. And what a witness that was to her. Man, she just really changed her attitude about everything. We paid her the top dollar. We lived in that house, by the way, raising our children when we first started this church and never had a problem or an issue with the house. We actually, and I didn't know how to think about this. I, I didn't even relate with uh, you know, following God. When you do what God says, he's gonna bless you. And I never related to it. I was thinking about this story this morning before I came here and how there was a chicken farm next to us. And it was like downwind. And every time the wind blew, it blew every afternoon in a certain direction. And it blew right through our house. And I'm talking stinking chicken manure, thousands of chicken and stunk like you can't even imagine. It was like horrible. And I remember going, gosh, I hope I can live here. The house is great. The property's great. Man, but the stink in the afternoon is like horrific. And I stopped and I asked God, I said, God, is there any way possible without hurting anybody? I don't want to hurt that business or anything. Is there any way possible you could get this out of here someday? I'll never forget it. While it was in escrow, these, while it's in escrow, I hadn't even bought it yet. There's big giant tractors pulled up, eliminated all of the chickens and tore down that entire chicken farm, every bit of it, grinded it into the soil, put all the fertilizer underground, never had a smell ever in all the years that we lived there. I really believe that God did that because we incorporated God's way and then her way and then our way. You know, it's so important for us to get the principles 
of understanding this. Now, in order to understand this a little bit clearer, I want to give you one more little story. The other day, let's bring it up to date, the other day. You know, a lot of you know this. Deborah and I have been in the real estate business for years. We've been buying real estate and selling real estate and owning real estate for like a billion years. In fact, the first real estate property I ever bought, I was 17 years old. My mom and dad made me, I signed a professional baseball contract, got some money, and dad made me buy real estate, and I never stopped buying real estate since then. Over the years of development of this church, you know, we had to give a lot of it that we own free and clear for our retirement in order for this church to exist today. And that's how we, we did this. We worked hard, we bought real estate. And so the other day, we were gonna lease one of our properties to a peop some people, and they were great people. And uh, when we met them, we really liked them. I mean, guy, they were Christians and they were full of life and they loved the Lord. And I don't think they knew who I was at all. They didn't know that I had been a pastor. Now I'm retired. Debbie's been pastor, preached all over the world. Didn't have a clue who we were. We're sitting in the living room of this house and uh, they're, they're going to come in and they're sat down. And boy, it was like Jesus was in the room. They lit up the room with scripture and preach. They didn't hold back anything. And I'm just shaking my head. I, I, if you ask Debbie, I was just sitting silently watching and listening to these people. I was like, these are like the perfect people in the world. So afterwards, we talked for a little while. I told them we were pastors. And, you know, and they said, oh, my goodness, that's so wonderful. The, 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 it actually seemed so right. Think about it. I mean, here's these wonderful Christians. They, they can afford it. They, it's a great deal. They're coming in. And they're just wonderful. And I said to them, boy, this is great. And we kind of shook hands and said, this is what we'll do. You go pray about it a little bit. We'll pray about it a little bit. But I'm sure, you know, we can get out by a certain day and we'll get this out, cleared out for you. And you can come in by the end of the month. And, you know, they, they said, oh, that's great. We're going to do it. They're excited about it. I went home that night, listen to this, and I, and I, and I, I, I went to bed. Don't tell anybody, but I even, I was kind of like restless a little bit, and I took one of those Costco sleeping pills. Man, when I take Costco sleep pills, I'm like gone. You know what I mean? Don't tell anybody I did that because I want everybody to think I'm real spiritual. But I took a, a Costco uh, uh, a sleeping pill and I'm laying in bed at night and I'm talking 11 o'clock at night, 11.30, 12. My eyes are like open on the ceiling. I, I can't sleep. And I, and I said, I got up. I knew God enough to get up. And I walked into the living room. I said, okay, God, like what's up, man? What's up here. This is like crazy. So uh, can you tell me what's going on? And God said, well, you know that business deal you were doing with those people? He says, I don't want you to do it. And I said, well, what's wrong with them? They're wonderful. He says, there's nothing wrong with them. And I said, well, it's good for us. It literally means tens of thousands of dollars for Deb and I. You know, we can give it away. We can help other people. We can feed people. We can do all kinds of things, God. You know, uh, Come on, this is great. He says, yeah, it's good for you and it's good for them, but it's not good for me. And I said, Lord, why isn't it good for you? He says, number one, you didn't even ask me about it. You assumed because you're Christians quoting scripture that I'd be in it. And nothing could be further from the truth. He says, it's not that there's wrong with you or them, 
It's that I want to take them somewhere and you would be in the way. And I went, oh my goodness. I went back into the room. I said, Debbie, I'm so disturbed about this feeling I have uh, unsettled about those people. What do you think? And she says, I don't know. She says, I feel the same way. We both sat up in bed. We talked for a little while. Next morning, hard to wait until 8 o'clock, came around, called them on the phone. They, we prayed together. They were wonderful. They accepted it. They knew that God had spoken. What if I didn't get the directions from God? What if the things that you do, you don't get directions from God? You just operate on what's good for you and what's good for others, but you don't operate on what's good for God because God has a plan. And that's why this is so important. I want to share some verses with you right now. I'm glad you listened to me this far, and it's good. But I want to share some verses with you I think that you'll find fascinating. I want to take you to the negative. This is the part where, you know, you say, uh, this is how you know it's God, that God has not spoken to you. This is not God, you know. I heard something, and a lot of times we say, I hear something, and I don't know if it's God or God or if it's in my flesh. I don't know if it's, the, you know, if I just want it, or if it's just a little bit of greed inside me or whatever. And, you know, how do you know that it's not God which you're about to make a decision about? It's so important because it's right in Scripture. James, go with me in the third chapter of James, starting in verse number 14. I'm going to read James, the third chapter, out of the New King James, if you have your Bible. And then I'm going to take you to the Amplified. Don't, don't get pick on me about this and don't write me notes about this. I always call the Amplified Bible the woman's version because they stretch it out, man. There's like a lot. They take a verse and make it really long. And I, I sometimes get so much out of the Amplified and we get so much out of our women that we're just grateful. But listen to this. Uh, then I'm I'm going to read that verse out of the Amplified because it amplifies what's being said. And it's really kind of fun. Here's the verse in uh, James 3rd chapter, verse number 14. Is that okay? And it says this. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts. Well, obviously, anybody that has a heart that is like mm, uh, bothered about something. That's a bothersome thing. Do not boast and lie against the truth. In other words, don't come along and say, you know, the truth is that, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm not there. It says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Verse number 16, watch this. For where envy and self-seeking exist, the word confusion and every evil things are there. And here's a simple way of understanding that. When I feel confusion, it might be because I, I, I act envious or I'm jealous or I'm, I'm self-seeking or I might be, I want any of those things. But the, all of it boils down to a feeling of confusion. Confusion is interesting because the Bible makes it very clear. He says, where there's confusion, there's every evil thing are, is there. So when I'm not sure about something, and I'm confused a little bit about it, not sure whether it's God or not God, first thing is a big red flag goes up. I need to back off, go slow, and find out exactly what the will of God is. And I'll show you how to do that in just a minute. Now let's take the verse, let's amplify it if we can. 
in uh, uh, James, the third chapter, verse number 14, in the Amplified Bible. But if you have, and I like this, bitter envy, jealousy, envy, jealousy, or contention, rivalry, self, knows how in parentheses it says, rivalry, selfish ambitions in your heart, do not pride yourself on it. And thus, be uh, defiance of it, for false to the, be false to the truth. This, and I love these words, this superficial, is that a great word? This superficial, he comes along, he says, this superficial wisdom is not. In other words, there's two types of wisdom. There's the wisdom of God that's not superficial. And there's the wisdom of the world. And here he describes the wisdom of the world as superficial. This superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual. And then those parentheses here is the word animal. Even devilish are demonic. Can you believe that? I mean, so it's, it could be any of those things, but it's not important. Remember, I'm feeling confusion while I'm feeling this expression. I'm, 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 I'm trying to look at it from that standpoint. And then it goes on and says this, for where there is jealousy, envy, contention, rivalry, and selfishness, and ambition, there will also be, there will, where any of this stuff is that's contrary to God, there's a word there, there will also be confusion. Okay, and then he defines confusion with unrest, disharmony, listen, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. In other words, boy, when you sense something that is not settling in you quite well. So I'm laying in bed that night. I get this picture. I don't know what the picture is. I just, I just, the Costco pill was not doing its job. You know what I'm saying? And have you ever been there? And it's not because I take a lot of them because I very seldom take them at all. But guess what? It was like not doing its job. I'm laying there looking at the ceiling, knowing something's not right. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm frustrated. I find myself in a place I'm out of sorts. Uh, I find myself in disharmony. What a great word. Unrest. Boy, is that unrest. And I called the people and got out of it. And you know what? My God will take care of me. The Bible says he'll take care of all of my needs, just like he took care of the needs of that widow woman in that first story, just like he took the needs of smelling that chicken farm next to me. Literally within 150 feet from my house was a chicken farm. My goodness sakes alive, you got to be kidding me. And it's gone because, listen to this, I did what God would have us do. How much more prosperous would it be with our home, family, children, finances, dreams, vision, destiny, if we just learn to hear from God and do what he says. And it's not just hearing from the word, you know, I have to read the word and study the word and figure it out. But try to do, try to do that when you're trying to get a direction on whether or not you should buy a car, or whether or not you should act a certain way, or whether or not you make a business investment, or whether or not you should train your children up in the way. Try to do it. Listen, sometimes you just need to hear a voice and know that it's God. And this is so important for us. And we've lost that art of knowing and hearing the voice of God in this day and generation. And God wants to bring it back in these tough times. There's every voice coming at us, man. Every voice telling us to fear this and fear that. I'm here to tell you there's a day coming when we'll meet in this sanctuary and we will shout and cheer to Jesus Christ and we'll be together. And guess what? I can hardly wait to hug you. Listen, someone said the new norm is 
says we'll never touch each other again. That's your new norm. Maybe it ain't mine. So it better not come around me because I might, I might just kiss the brethren, the Bible says. So you'd have a whole lot of problems with me. Two things in order for this to happen in your life. So we need to find out the truth. One is that's what not to do. Here's the second thing, and I only have a few minutes left, and then I'm going to conclude. But here's the second thing. I want to take you to Colossians, third chapter, verse 15. Remember, hold on, hold on. Get your attention back to the things of God. Here it is. Are you listening? Because this is what to do in order to know that it's God. Very important. You know what to do. It's not God. Now, this is what you do when you know it is God. Colossians 3, verse 15. First, out of the New King James, it says, And let the peace of God. And I love the words, let the. In other words, it's your option whether you do this or don't do it. It's not like, oh God, give me peace. He's already given you peace in Christ Jesus. And guess what? So you're going to have to let that peace come in. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body to be thankful. So he's talking to you about letting something rule on the inside of you. When I heard no to those people because God wanted to do something for those people instead of them coming into one of my houses, uh, guess what? It was a peace. I went right back to sleep, bong, out cold, you know, say whatever you want. God was finished with me. I had a peace on the inside of me. When I gave that woman more money for her little ranch than she ever dreamt of, can I just say something to you? Listen, I had a peace. We never worried about it, never thought anything about it. That puppy never even leaked. It was great. It had all kinds of holes. But I could tell you story after story. It was a blessing to our children, our family, our everything that we were doing and we were building this church. And it's a blessing to everything. That's how we built this church is by this, letting the peace rule in your heart. And when I know that I know that I know it's God. Now watch the Amplified. I've only got a couple minutes more, so watch this closely. I'm going to read it and we're going to put it on the screen for you. The Amplified comes along and says, And let the peace, parentheses, soul harmony which comes. Does it come? It which comes. Let the peace, the soul, a peace in my soul, S-O-U-L harmony come. Will the peace come if it's God? Absolutely. It's just going to come. And he says, let the peace of soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continuously. Now, I happen to be a professional baseball player when I was a kid. And so I, I just want to tell you something. I know about umpires. Umpires determine whether you're good or bad or out or safe whether it's a strike or a ball, it calls out the play. So all of a sudden, the peace of God inside of my heart about a decision or direction that I need to make in my life comes from an umpire who's telling me and he tells me through the peace of God. You say, wait a minute, can't the devil, can he camouflage peace? Sure he can, but not for long. And I want you to know something. He's not, he not able to manufacture peace for very long. He's not called to bring peace. He's called to bring misery and down and rob you and steal from you and kill from you. So don't wait for him to hang around for very long. But this peace that brings a soul harmony comes from God. 
So he says, let it act as an umpire, the call the play, whether you're going to go forward or back, whether you're in or out. Man, I tell you what, in your heart, discerning and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind and in the peaceful state to which as members of Christ's body, one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Here's my deal. So the moment I find the peace of God, there's a settling on the inside of me. It settles. I'm settled. You can hit me in the head with a bat. You can tell me I'm not going to make it. Logic can come in from every direction. Uh, you know, uh, my data, I have a ability to gather data and formulate a plan from my data, you know, and come up with a conclusion, and this is the best direction. Throw all that stuff out. Here's the best thing. Ask God. When the peace of God is there, boom, you're going to have a great future, and God's going to do a great thing in your life, and that's what this is all about. So when I'm upset and when I'm unpeaceful and I'm at, not at rest and, and I find myself in contention with myself and I find myself uh, where there's confusion, there is every evil work and I need to back off. But when I find the peace of God on the inside of me that settles my soul and settles my body and I know it. You know, when God spoke to me about building this building, we, we logically looked at it. We said, well, we can afford, went to our, our architects, went to our builders. We said, we can afford probably five or six, seven million dollars. You know, seven would be a stretch. Well, it ended up to be uh, like 15 or 16 million cash. And then we had to come up with four or five million more. So it was like 21 million. Today, thank God, we've got this phenomenal building. It's like worth $75 million. How does a person build a $75 million, $100 million organization when you have no money? It's when the peace of God directs you. What could your business be like? What would your life be like? What would your marriage be like? What would your children be like? What would all, I give you story after story after story that the peace of God, the voice of the Lord spoke. I heard it. I got a peace on it and I act on it. Nobody's going to get Debbie and I off of building this building. We never lost a night's sleep because, and we didn't have any money. We had these meetings during the week, you know, and we're going, oh my goodness, where are we going to get an extra $150,000? We've got to do it. But guess what? God just supplied all of our needs according to the glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because there was, we were moving in his direction. He had to back us. When I, he tells me to go down a road, guess what? I don't care what's on the road. There's going to be a lot on the road. I know he's going to be there with me because it's his road that I went on. And there's such a difference, my friends, when you do that. Two things you're going to have to do in the next five minutes. I want to share them with you. And this is so important. Two things in order to have safe direction in troubled times. Here's the two things. Number one, you got to want it. You must want this. You can't just hear it from me. You ought to record it and put it in your car and listen to it over and over and over. Put it on your phone, listen to it over and over and over until it becomes part of your life. You've got to really want this. You can't hear it one time and expect to get directions from God and expect to be able to follow God. Because sometimes his directions, like giving the lady more money than we wanted to give her, is contrary to your feelings. 
but it's God's direction. And when he does, he does great, mighty, marvelous things. The second thing, real quick, and I love this, is in Colossians, uh, excuse me, is you must want to do it. The second thing is, is you must practice it. This is a practice all the time, listening for the voice of the Lord. So important for all of us. If you got something out of it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give the Lord a great big praise the Lord and give him a clap offering right there and where you're listening because God has just spoken to you today to enhance your life. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.